Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal with John. All you people out there who are like, these idiots don't know anything. First of all, you're right. And second of all, Pat. I didn't think that the Vikings would get a W last week being 6-1, and one, which was also Josh Allen's coin flip record from the year 2021. And Rando. We have this trust built on, you know, whatever it is, like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever Brandon Bean's drinking over there. On Buffalo Rumbles. Welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with my buddy Brando here on a Tuesday evening in uh, lovely Western New York and Nashville. Well, it snowed today here if it makes you feel any better. No, it didn't. Did it really? I I promise you when I'm standing outside for bus duty at approximately 2.10 p.m., there was rain, but there's the occasional like white circle maybe mixed with hail. Snow, snail, whatever you want to call it. Snail. <laughs> yeah. Rain, hail, oh. snow, snail. Um, it That's clever. was like 35. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, lovely Nashville is nice. Well, we had the draft, right? And a couple of free agent signings to talk about. How did you feel about the, like, what did you think the Bills were going to do when they traded up? Did you, did you actually think that they were going to take Dalton Kincaid? Well, I have to be totally honest with you. You and I were chatting a little bit during the draft, and it was funny you texted me if I'm going to make it up for the draft. And my first thought was, if I'm awake after pick 10, I'm going to be mad at myself. And then <laughs> I got to like 22. I want to say I, I remember Jackson Smith and Jigba, who went 20, who's the next receiver off at 21. I forget Quentin what Johnson, order they went in, but Quentin, like Johnson. Quentin, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison all went. In that block. I saw crazy one and maybe a half of one because obviously I don't remember his name, but that must have been the pick that was on the clock. And then I fell asleep and I'm bummed because I just missed it. I, I like that's like maybe what the actual pick came in at 1130, 1128. I think that's what Joe DiBiase said on WGR. But I was like, I made it to maybe 1116 and just, you know, 11 on the dot and just missed the pick. So I didn't think. Yeah. When all those receivers were going, I didn't think they were going to move up. Maybe to 20 once they got to 20, because that's what Bean said he was going to reevaluate. Maybe then. But as soon as one went, you knew it was all going to happen. You're like, don't be a receiver next. Don't yeah, be another receiver. You, you don't know if he did try to trade up, too. You never know if he tried to find a trade partner and they're like, no, we're, we're going to stand put. Because even after the first two receivers go, you know, the, the teams in the, the next positions are like, okay, well, we're not going to get our guy if we trade back to where the bills are. And so all of them wanting receiver being the same thing that the bills want, you got to believe that those interests definitely don't align yes. um, for sure. But the bunny hop, the Cowboys with the pick from Jacksonville, which is actually originally a New York giants pick that was traded. But yeah. How do you, how do you feel about the pick? You know, we, we joke about the pass catcher 
I was type, just right? going to say the this, is, this is how we cope with things. We're like, well, it's it's a weapon. The Bills offense is just a bunch of weapons. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that because we talk ourselves into throwing to running backs in that sense. We, you know, we split guys like Naheem Hines out wide and give him more targets than carries. We, I and wish we would. I wish we would do more of that. More more throwing to Naheem Hines? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he needs more anything, really. But ideally, you know, your targets are going to guys who specialize at the position of receiver. And so Dalton Kincaid, yes. I think, is a, is a guy a lot of people, when they talk about the draft, had him as the highest rated pass catcher, even among those wide receivers as well, as far as his ball skills uh, and, and things like that go. I want to say um, I had him, I had seen him rated as high as the ninth highest prospect grade in the draft class, which is solid, right? You're getting a top 10 player at 27. You're going to take that value every single time. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that, that definitely, you know, makes you feel better about giving up a fourth round pick as well. Cause that definitely pains you a little bit when you only ended up with six draft picks in the end. And that took some trading down to even get to that number of picks. But I thought about you earlier today when I was thinking about this, because we had talked about, remember the range of picks certain players had in your formula, which by the way, sad. Yeah. Sad. That's all right. Well, you know, it's so funny. Not that sad, but a little sad, you know, Keep going with your point because yeah. I'll go. I'll start going off on the chart here. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the chart and it's like, you know, I talked about Maze Smith, the defensive tackle, a lot on the show. And it was rated that he was a late first round pick or into the second round pick. He, Nobody was mistaking him for a top 10 pick, right? But Dalton Kincaid had a, what, like we said, we had him, somebody had him rated as the ninth best prospect. Some people had him going before the Bills. Some people had him falling to the end of the first round. But his range of picks was lower and it had a higher ceiling than Mozzie Smith's. And then you think about it, if the Bills stay at 26, who is left to them, right? Mozzie Smith's on the board. And who yep. went after the Bills? Who was the first pick after the Bills? Uh, it would have been the Cowboys. They took Mozzie Smith, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, I meant after that then. Okay, so it would have been the Jaguars because they had just traded back to that pick. I don't remember who they so took. So that's 28 or 27? 27. The Jags picked offensive tackle Anton Harrison. So if the Bills were going to go O-line in the first round, I bet you everybody is glad they waited. If you were telling me that you got a lineman and then you take a second round tight end, maybe like Darnell Washington, because he went in later. I think you got two better players just by giving up a fourth round pick and two out of three in the NFL drafts, good batting average. Yeah, for sure. And for a higher so, caliber player ceiling, right? That's what we were. That's what the original thought was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The funny thing about Dalton Kincaid's chart on the spreadsheet that we did was I believe out of the, I think there was 13 data points. So a couple of simulations and a bunch of mock drafts only in two out of 13 was he available at pick 27. And so that's, that's the asterisk as well, right? Like that spreadsheet is only designed for this is if the bills pick at 27, it doesn't take into account trade-ups. It doesn't take into account trade backs. And, you know, that asterisk is lucky because like we did get the right player when they traded up last year. But, you know, when we were making guesses about the chart last year, a player that wasn't available in most simulations, that kind of seems like the most likely scenario when you look at it that way too, right? Because you're looking for a player with very high value. And because there is a multitude of players available and 
you know, one of them's got to drop, right? You would you would think that one of these high caliber players is going to drop. But again, that's only dependent on do the mocks see the players the same way that the GMs do, which is hardly ever the case, and you know, precisely. I just, I don't know. I got to say this, man. The NFL is a wild rodeo for GMs. What is happening in Houston? The guy is <laughs> just like, money here. Let's throw money in here. Money here, first round pick. What the, the comp? The comparison in the Johnson chart was they gave up value worth next year's number one overall pick in the draft to move up to third. They gave up like their total compensation package was worth more than the number one overall pick extra in excess. So they overpaid by number one overall pick to get that third overall selection. And then that's not even all the shenanigans that has happened. What is going on in Detroit? I don't know if you look right here. That's a Lions hat. And then you have Brad Holmes, their GM, talking about, oh, we had other teams that were going to move up and draft the running back prospect that we drafted. So we had to take him. We had to do it. And it's just mind-blowing to me. Of course, if I am the Vikings, hey, hey, we might release Dalvin Cook. I'm your division rival. I'm going to tell you I might replace him with a running back here. So you better take your guy. And are you going to believe that? They want you to do it. I don't understand. So the NFL is a wild place and you need stuff like that to happen for the Bills to have a shot at a top 10 prospect like Kincaid because you have to push these players down. That's why you want quarterbacks to go early. That's why you want crazy GMs to do crazy things, take players off the board, push talent down the draft. If you're if you're a franchise like the Bills or the Chiefs or any of these contenders picking low in the draft, that's what you got to do. And they did yeah, it. It happened. It happened. That was something that happened this year that didn't last year because there was what one quarterback taken in the first round. It was just Kenny Pickett, right? Was the only first round quarterback last year because Malik Willis wasn't taken till the third. And who did yes. the Panthers select? Matt Corral, right? Coral, Corral, whatever you want to call it. I mean, Desmond Ritter was Desmond a third Ritter. round pick. Yeah, it's only Kenny Pickett. Desmond Ritter was the second quarterback off the board. Oh wow. Yeah, I was going to say Matt Corral. Is, is that the right name? Is he with the Panthers? He's a quarterback. Like fourth, He's a quarterback. fifth round? Something. All right. I'm not crazy. That's all right. We're, we get so Bill-centric here, we forget to pay attention to the, the crappy teams around the league. <laughs> that used to be us, you know? But that's well, so integral in the ecosystem of the NFL to have a team like this. They have to do it. It brings everybody's attention. Now we're talking about it again, and it is affecting everything. It makes a huge difference. The butterfly effect for the Bills to be able to draft the players that they drafted, it works out. So when we're taking CJ Spiller, I'm sure teams had the same conversation. Or Aaron Mabin, a name from the past that still bothers me so much. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. I digress. So, so the whole conversation around Kincaid is, what is he? So I watched his film. I was working on an article for Rumblings. I was looking at his top plays. And I was really fascinated because I was watching these montages of him. They were awesome in ways that not only he looks like a bigger Mike Evans or he looks like a, a smaller Gronk. I don't know. He's, he's faster. I, those are big names to compare him to. But he had toe-touch catches on the sidelines. In college, sometimes it was one foot, sometimes it was two feet, but he is getting these toe drag catches in, beating his receiver one-on-one, high-pointing the ball, bringing it in, in traffic with an injury a lot of the time, making these catches. And he didn't block much, but sometimes that he did get to block, he would seal the edge for his running back. He had a couple pancake blocks that I saw on his film, and it was really cool, but it got me thinking. All of his 
snaps were from the slot. So is he going to, we keep talking about him eating into Dawson Knox's receptions, but my thought process is they should just give him Isaiah McKenzie's receptions. He's now with the Colts and maybe you split him up with Shakir, but friend of the show, Trey texted me yesterday and he showed the Bills receivers in order of yardage and receptions for the season. And he says he highlighted seven names and he says, what the heck does this part of our offense after Diggs look like next year? So it's by yards. It goes Diggs, Davis, Knox came in third. McKenzie was fourth. Singletary fifth. James Cook sixth. Khalil Shakir was seventh. It's very similar for targets. I've got the columns up here. The only thing that switched is Isaiah McKenzie's third in targets and Dawson uh, Knox's fourth in targets. Well, I was I looked at yards first because when you're looking at receptions, the Bills always seem to have this, right? Those top four guys, their lowest number of average yards per reception is 10.1. If your top four wideouts average catches equal over first down, that's you got to be doing something well. So they're they're getting good separation. So I want to see we needed to replace 423 yards and and what 42 receptions. And when you look at Singletary, you put Singletary's yards in there too. You have 280 yards on 38 receptions. So you're looking at 80 catches and 700 yards, 703 yards. What kind of season does that sound like for Dalton Kincaid to you? 80 catches, 703 yards as a rookie. Oh, that sounds like a rookie of the year season, actually. Like you think offensive so? rookie of the year season. Yeah. But again, I, I think that there's a couple of moving pieces to this, right? Because I don't think that they got Dawson Knox the ball as much as they wanted to last year the way that they set up. I don't want to say like putting Kincaid on the field is just going to get the ball in Dawson Knox's hand less. Cause I don't, I don't think that that's the case. If they're in 12 personnel more, obviously that second tight end is going to be Dawson Knox most of the time. So I could see an uptick in targets for Knox as well. And again, it, it comes down to who are you taking them from, right? 65 vacated targets from Isaiah McKenzie. I think Gabe Davis's target number should go down this next year. I think that spread the wealth. Of, Spread the wealth. Right. Ideally, Kincaid, three years from now, is the second target on your team when you look at the investment that yeah. you've made in him. He's got to be. The investment that you made is pretty similar to what you invested to get Stefan Diggs. Think about it. You it's First yeah. and a fourth round pick yep. is essentially what you traded for Stefan Diggs. So with so that I, in mind, he's he's got to be a weapon in your offense. And again, you showed me the screenshot. I've got ESPN up here. You go farther down this list, Quentin Morris targets at 11. That, John, this is exactly what I was just going to say. I just counted <laughs> them up. There's over 40 receptions on here between Quentin Morris, Kumaro, Crowder, Hines, John Brown, Isaiah Hodgins, Zach Moss, Cole Beasley, and Sweeney. So 40. That's a lot of receptions to go around. If you, you know, you want to spread out 10 more receptions for each of your top four players or... Again, that's 40 plus another 80 from McKenzie and Singletary. Now, we haven't really mentioned Hardy or Sherfield yet, how they might slot in. So there's, you know, there's 120 receptions to go around for three players. If each of them get 40 receptions, you know, that's not awful. I wouldn't be upset with that. And then you could take some from Davis, like you said, just to, to balance out his workload. But I'm excited. There's a lot of possibilities here. And Kincaid could uh, be that target that helps unlock the offense. It'll come down to how often they run 12 personnel, right? Because 
when they're not in 12 personnel, when they're in 11 personnel, only one tight ends on the field. So that'll be interesting how they rotate them. And if they'll be able to do that without kind of giving the defense a tell, right? Because if you're putting Dawson Knox or Dalton Kincaid on the field, wouldn't you want Dawson Knox on the field in a run situation and Kincaid on the field in a passing situation? Yeah. If you only have one tight end, because again, Kincaid, not, not really a great blocker. But okay, so here's my counter to that is Kincaid almost never, ever, never, never lines up in line as the off tackle lineman. Dawson Knox does all the time and not for nothing, but he's 6'4", 250. So even if he's a bad blocker, he's a big body out there. I think they're going to use him in every way. He just has such few reps. I think the blocking would come as he gets these reps. He only played one year of high school football. Mom didn't want him to play. Didn't want him to get hurt. So <laughs> I think something like that is such a fundamental part of your game that you learn in that age range between JV and varsity football of the importance of blocking. And he just didn't get it. He, he's three years late on those reps, even in college. But he's used in the slot. He will be spread out. If you go 11 personnel, just switch out the slot receiver with Kincaid because it'll be Diggs, Davis, who's three in the on the left slot, and Kincaid. It doesn't have to be Knox every time. You could switch Shakira in, in there. So are you looking at a two-by-two two set, essentially, with yeah, two, two slot Yeah, two-by-two set or trips on the left and one out ride. Yeah. So, I mean, you might get him in that case. So he's not going to be blocking a defensive end or trying to seal a defensive end. He's going to be either on like one-on-one on a nickel corner in that case, or trying to block down on an outside linebacker. So I can get behind that as well. Yeah. You know, the other thing I saw from his film was he did run a couple of tunnel screens. So nice. That would be be nice, right? Yeah. Kelsey does this all the time, right? Kelsey and Mahomes do this a lot. (laughs) <laughs> the inflation on screens these days. Yeah, so, I know. Bills can't buy a screen <laughs> in the last five years. So they just can't get one delivered with all of this shipping delays and such. Yes, well, we exactly. could just keep going it's, on this. It's a supply going. chain issue. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't thumb us down for that stretch of comedy there, but <laughs> the Chiefs do that a lot with Kelsey. We need that. Like we've gotten beat by it so many times, but. They have him lined up as far to the sideline as he can, and he's the guy off of the ball with two guys in front of him, and he runs at their quarterback, catches the ball, runs in for the touchdown. Then they have him in the slot a ton with these mid-level option routes where he breaks off depending on the zone coverage, and then they put him outside a lot because he gets one-on-one matchups by the sideline. I told you he has those toe-touch highlights where he just gets the ball at the highest point, one-on-one in the sideline. He has a lot of go routes from out wide as the x or the z and that's cool they use him all over in college and i think the bills are gonna that's why they love him so much the position versatility that he offers the bills 12 personnel he might be a receiver he might be a tight end if he's listed as a tight end he gets paid like a tight end whatever but he will (laughs) be the receiver in 11 personnel but they have to label it as 12 personnel right and again like we're sitting here ragging on his blocking skills, right? Or at least I am, because that's one of the negatives on a scouting report, right? I'm standing up for him. But yeah, I'd have him well, block for me any day. To further what you said, we're comparing his blocking skills to other tight ends. Whereas really, we might be want to look at like, how does his blocking skills compare to slot receivers who are typically yes. smaller guys? Ding, 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 ding. So in that that's case, the button on the head. a little bit more versatile in that arena where you can 
run pass out of that same formation. And again, defenses are getting smaller, putting a tight end on the field instead of a slot receiver can pose an advantage if that tight end has the versatility to go out in the pass. Like you're not going to stick Lee Smith out there and expect him to run, you know, a corner route or anything like that. But yeah, I, I like where that's headed and that's something that the Chiefs are doing. That's something that give me another offense with a lot of tight ends. The Ravens do. The Ravens, Ravens. aren't a good example because they have that like their offense kind of looks a little bit older style. Wacky. The Chiefs the Chiefs use two tight ends more than a lot of teams, you wouldn't think that because they're this big, flashy, fast offensive team and tight ends are usually associated with not being that. We we know all about Noah Gray here. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. He's, Noah Gray, his name. A good example. Yeah, we're we're betting props in the, the playoffs and Super Bowl that hinge on the production of Noah Gray. Oh, I don't like it. I took him off the parlay, right? Yep, in the record yep, states. You're smart. smart. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, that's funny. a good point. And I haven't heard that point made really on any of these talking places that people are quick to label him as a receiver. But I know Jeremy was like, he's a tight end. He gets paid like a tight end. Jeremy and Joe this morning. That was funny. I thought that was interesting. Well, everyone's like, having was, that conversation, right? Like it, yeah. it's almost funny at this point to hear everybody's perspective. Cause you'll hear like people debate it. And then some people will be like, I, I just can't have this conversation. He's a tight end. He gets paid like a tight end. There are tight ends that play like receivers. You know, what, yeah. what is it? The X, X versus F tight ends or whatever. I don't well, in line versus outline, right? It's, it's the same thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just they, they have a letter. I didn't know that existed until on the radio. I played football, right? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, we didn't run that. Even in our advanced, <laughs> almost NFL-like offense that nobody could understand, and we all had risk Why bands. are you running that in high school? Anyways. <laughs> uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was a fun offense to play wide receiver on. It yeah, wasn't a fun really. offense to play offensive line or quarterback on. Yeah. Well, You're running for your life. But yeah. <laughs> We digress. But yeah, I just think it's funny. Maybe he's becomes like an Austin Eckler come contract negotiations, and Eckler's like, hey, I catch, I catch 100 balls for you. You're paying me like a running back, but I'm your receiver. So pay me like a receiver. And San Diego's like, nope, nope. Yeah. Well, I mean, stuff has always been that way, you know, yeah. for sure, with position value and all that stuff. But anyway, we got to get a break in here yes. before we finish this episode. So stick around. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the Bills didn't just add draft picks in the last couple of days. They added a couple unrestricted free agents, which is always cool to see the other teams, you know, scraps, so to say. But the NFL scraps are nice scraps, right? You're getting scraps from a nice restaurant out back. So the two guys that they got, defensive tackle, running back, what do you think? So Puna Ford and Latavius Murray, Puna Ford, what is he? 5'11", 300 some odd pounds, like <laughs> ideal body type for any man. Like a Ford Bronco five eleven, Yeah. And so we can definitely use that. Probably the only guy that would rival Jordan Phillips in size on our defensive line. So a little bit more of that makes me feel a little bit better about having small linebackers for this next year. You know, you always wonder with these free agent signings, like why didn't their team want them, right? Yes. You know, it's the first question you ask when you're buying a car. Why are you selling it? You know, like, is there something wrong with it? Or are you just getting something different? And with Puna Ford, the story was they went from a, a 3-4 to a 4-3. Sorry, reverse of that. So his role, he just wasn't as good a fit for the new scheme that they so, switched to on, hang on defense. I'm sorry. They're switching to a 4-3 from a 3-4? Whatever I said, it was backwards. Uh, I think they were switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4. Interesting. Because a 3-4, that nose tackle has to be just otherworldly. Right, exactly. You're putting a lot yeah. of pressure on him, but I think yeah. he strives on a four defensive line cool. uh, set where he's playing one tech or three tech. I think he does both. That'll be a big pickup to put two big dudes. If you want to put them together at the end of a game or, Ooh, or a little goal line, little goal line yeah. formation there, get but, those two in the middle. You know, McDermott and his D line rotation, it would be cool to have two big blocks on each rotation, right? You have right. two, yeah. and then maybe early downs they play together. One of them comes off on a third down or. You, your first couple defensive series, a team's trying to establish the run on you to slow the game down because they know you have a good offense. Maybe you put those two guys in with Rousseau and Von Miller. That's a solid defensive line that will eat space up the middle and put pressure on the outside. I like it. Yeah. One thing's for sure. They will expend most of their energy running back and forth from the sideline to the defensive huddle, uh, as they always do with the <laughs> defensive line rotation. On this yes, team, but. the conditioning. I wonder they have to practice for it, right? These coach has to. He is so dotted his eyes and crossed his t's somewhere in his training plan. He has talked to a trainer about. I need my defensive line to be able to run from the sideline to the huddle and in the snap every other play, and they oh, the, can't get tired from it. It has to be spoken somewhere. He might be three hundred ten pounds, but I can tell you, he's in better shape than I am. Like, you know, <laughs> if we're running a distance yeah. thing, I, I bet you he beats me. Yeah. But Latavius Murray, I like that signing. He's kind of the bigger running back that they were talking about needing even after Damian Harris was signed. Who knows if he, I think it's like 50-50, he'll make the roster, to be honest with you. But it was rumored that they actually signed him during the draft or on draft day. And that was why they didn't draft a running back anywhere in that draft, which is good to have a running back list draft after you know, yes. third round pick after third round pick. Well, second round pick for Cook, but well, all the assets. And so I was listening. I was looking at this. We labeled the Bills front office as throwing money at running back. 
And then I was looking at their picks. Where we, we have three or four picks as running backs. But then I was looking at other positions. It's getting to be a lot of assets thrown into the middle of our defense. Right. You know, how many defensive line picks in the first round did they make in a, in a row? And now they got, we haven't even talked about them, but Dorian Williams in the third round this year. Four nine yeah, they, or four four nine forty fast guy tackling machine, yeah special teams guy interesting pick definitely the most controversial of the draft by most people's account but you know I'm gonna sit back and say I I trust Bean and I know that might be lazy because I don't want to say that people who are scratching their head or might be upset with the pick aren't justified all I know is that Bean definitely did more homework on these guys than I do. So, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that I, I'm saying that people have to just defer to being as, you know, and, and is beyond criticism. Cause like, what are we doing here? If we're not criticizing the GM, the coach, <laughs> yes. the decisions, all that, like we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Yes. So you wouldn't tune in. It's true. It's true. So who knows? Maybe the scheme is changing. I don't think the defense is going to look exactly like it did the past two years. And, you know, there's something to be said for the, it ain't broke. Don't fix it but you might just be forced to change. And that's what happens in the NFL. You have different players. You can't keep everybody for forever. Players get older. Players move on. Players sign bigger contracts. You draft. Sometimes you miss. Sometimes you hit. Good coaches adapt the scheme to the best traits of their players. So if you've got Terrell Bernard instead of Tremaine Edmonds, that defense might look different because you're trying to use his skill set in a different way rather than, you know, he's not a Tremaine Edmonds. He just isn't. And that's why we were confused by the pick last year. That's why we're confused by the third round pick this year. But who knows? Maybe they're really just trying to play super athletic, fast flowing defense. And, you know, maybe they're just like, who cares if teams can run all over us? That's not the threat in today's NFL. You know, you're not or, worried about the Chiefs I mean, running all over you, even yes. though they have they have done it before in that that one game. But that's what I was gonna say. I mean, how often does it happen? And even if it does happen, I was looking at the past linebackers that McDermott has coached. His trio in Carolina, when Luke Keekley was the anchor of it, nobody's bigger than six two. Everybody's short. They have a stout secondary. They have safeties that can come down and play in the box. I'm not worried about it. And if they can get some faster players without paying them. 15 18 million dollars a year like they did to Edmonds then I'm cool with it for sure all right John I have one more segment for us all right I want to hear rapid rapid fire questions you don't get to think about it you just have to say the first answer that comes in your head it could be all sports related I was just like the psychology thing yes I hope there's no psychologists listening to this that are gonna (laughs) unpack some things that's funny all right (laughs) boom favorite Bills draft pick this year Uh, it's got to be the tight end first round Dalton Kincaid all right yeah how many Starters, will the Bills have drafted out of this draft class? Starters? Eventual starters or first-year starters? Starters in the first three years of their career. Three. Okay, that's why I was my number as well. Over, under, 600 yards, Kincaid. Over. Five touchdowns, over, under. That's a good number to set it at. I'm going to go over. I'll go over. Okay, all right. I thought about it, though. I would have guessed like five. If you would have asked me the number, it would have been five. So. (laughs) Um, okay, now we're going to go outside sports. Who wins the Stanley Cup? Mm, it's it's probably got to be the Hurricanes at this point, right? Oh, interesting pick. Interesting pick. Could be. I, I'm taking the Devils. Oh, yeah. Well, the Devils yeah. probably have the easiest road to the Cup now, right? They have to play the Hurricanes now, right? Oh, okay. Well, see, <laughs> I, I, I am very not familiar with NHL divisions. That's if you all right. Figured that out. Yeah. That's all right. It, the playoff format's weird. Um, 
Okay, next question. Did you watch any of Steph Curry's Game 7? I did not. I heard about it. The 50-point. Yep, he's a freak. Is he the greatest point guard of all time? I don't know if you know enough point guards to make that argument. Definitely the best shooting player of all time. I don't know. I don't know how you keep him out of it. I think the only people who say that he's not the best point guard of all time are, are people who say that the game isn't the same as it was you know, back then yeah. or something like that. Fair like, enough. You know, and it, it, it depends too. Like, is he the best distributing point guard? Pure point guard. Pure point guard. I, I think that just to, has to include to shooting and it's just overwhelmingly yes. important. He makes shots that other people get benched for. So, yeah. Um, okay. Lakers play Braun versus Steph. Curry versus LeBron. You know, it's a spark of our friendship is watching those finals, right? We all watch those together. Who yeah. wins? There's this second round NBA matchup. I like the Warriors in this okay. one. I think is, uh, uh, LeBron gets tired trying to carry that team on his back. Yes. I, I picked the Warriors as well. But you're speaking of LeBron being tired. Would you call him the greatest basketball player of all time? Mm-hmm. I might be subjective here, but I like Michael better. So. Yes, I like Mike too. Um, an NBA finals champion. Pick it here. Three, two, one. Damn. I really wanted the Kings to win. Like, nice little underdog story. <laughs> yes. Now they're gone. Didn't Boston just get blown out? Yep. Yep. What were the other teams that are left in the playoffs? You got to tell me. Because I, uh, I... Warriors, Sixers, Celtics, Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, Knicks, Heat. I will never root for a Boston sports team. Even Ooh. though even though the Celtics are probably the one that I mind the least. Out of the four Boston sports teams, probably a good assessment. Um, I'll go. I'll go Warriors to repeat. I like it. Me too. Well, we'll see. But I like them. Yeah, that's all my questions for you. Nice. I like that. <laughs> that was supposed to be a quick fire, and then I turned the last one into a three minute conversation. <laughs> that's okay. see. I was betting the NBA left and right last year. Like I was, I was making, and I just, I, I didn't get into it after football season this yeah. year. So uh, I haven't been paying attention to the NBA, but I should be watching these games because they're they're pretty good. Curry versus LeBron, I'll be watching. I mean, it sucks because it starts at what ten o'clock, and I'm oh, like, how am I right. supposed to watch that? Yeah, but, West Coast basketball is tough. Yeah, it's brutal, and not a single one will be early time. But I, I made money on Curry last week, so I'm gonna keep doing that because I think nice. he's gonna keep yeah. playing well. So honestly, the reason I haven't watched too, it's it's the shows that are coming out right now with new seasons. Like yeah. my nights have been occupied with, yeah, Ted Lasso. Shrinking yes. was an Apple TV show. I mean, what's the what's the other stuff that Sweet Tooth just released a new season? You ever watch Yellow Jackets? Uh, I liked Lost a lot, so I should keep going with uh, Yellow yes. Jackets. That's not a bad comparison. I mean, it's it's not really the same thing, but it's just a bunch of people who plane crashed and had to survive together. I guess. Yes. Some yes. slightly more civil than others. Yes. <laughs> there was uh, definitely less cannibalism in Lost, but Lord of the Flies, baby. Yeah. There you go. Well, sweet. That'll do it for this one. You guys know where to find us on Twitter and TikTok at NotBuffPodcast. I think we're we're off next week, but we'll keep you guys updated on when our next show is and stuff. Schedule release coming soon. I love having a show around the schedule oh release because we'll, yes. we'll play schedule release bingo and uh, make some predictions and stuff like that. So stay tuned for that. And uh, until then, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.